0: Welcome to the very first episode of the Coaching Kool-Aid. Today we'll be talking about the Mindset Switch, a construct often used in coaching, as well as the other health and well-being industries that surround it. We start off today with a bit of background about ourselves and why we decided to do this podcast. Once we get into the topic of the mindset switch, we have a look at how it's used and why it can be problematic. As with all of our upcoming episodes, we finish by talking about ways in which it could be a useful construct for coaching practice. Please excuse the poor sound quality, it is temporary. And a special thanks to the fabulous John song for the jingle. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Don't drink that, don't drink the Kool-Aid. So we're definitely calling it the coaching Kool-Aid? I guess so. Mm -hmm. Hi everybody. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) Hi.
1: I'm Renee Lockwood. And I'm Melanie Weeks. And I've got a bit
0: nervous. Welcome to our very first episode of The Coaching Kool-Aid, mm. episode one,
1: episode Genesis.
0: One. Yeah. i yeah. In the beginning. <laughs> so this is a new podcast. It's about coaching, but it's going to be a little bit different because from our experience, a lot of media on coaching is possibly very tits and teeth. I've never heard of that before. What's tits and teeth? It's kind of a showbiz saying, like it's all sparkle fingers, oh. big smiles, selling oneself. Yeah, yeah, so okay. Like. Big, big white teeth. Right.
1: Maybe we should call the podcast "Tits and Teeth." It's a good idea. Anyway.
0: We're in the beginning. We're in the genesis. It could be anything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So what we're interested in really is looking at. We're looking at the aspects of coaching that m- might not necessarily hold a lot of water Mm. or hold a lot of research Mm -hmm. or that have been diluted a mm -hmm. bit because most of the things that we would like to talk about are things that have at least some element of truth to them and some utility (laughs) the thing that I'm most interested in is going to be really getting in and dissecting the ideas and looking at them critically in the field of coaching Yeah. How do you feel about that, Mel?
1: I feel excited about that. (laughs) I feel very excited about that. I think it's ironic that, well, we should do a bit of background into how we met probably, but I think that of all the people that I could have met doing our course, I think that it was fortuitous perhaps that I met you because – I think that very early on, or one of the reasons why I wanted to do the course was because I think I think I was a bit sucked in by the Kool Aid, oh. the coaching Kool Aid, if yeah. you like. Um, can we just explain what Kool Aid is for those <laughs> listeners who may not know? Yeah, well, perhaps you can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sure the older generation at least will know. So to drink the Kool-Aid is a phrase that relates to the terrible events that occurred in Jonestown in the 70s. Jim Jones was a new religious movement leader or a cult leader who managed to convince... Uh, his followers to drink uh, was actually flavor aid, but it's known as Kool Aid, laced with cyanide, and also to feed it to their children. So it resulted in the death of over 900 people. Very, very sad event. But it, what it means now is basically to drink the Kool Aid is to believe something uncritically, mm. simply
1: because those around you are believing it. So mm. Mm. yeah.
0: So you were saying that you felt you dr- drunk Kool Aid to an extent.
1: What do you yeah, mean? Yeah, probably just because I'd been exposed to some of the you know theories, research framework works, whatever, that had been offered in some previous study that I'd done and was just excited by them. Excited, energised. It was, you know, a whole new world to me that um, that I thought held a lot of potential. I was excited to share that with people and probably wasn't looking at those things very critically at that point in time
0: but do you think that being excited by things is a bad thing
1: um no but I think that the more I went on and probably um the more conversations I had with you I would find myself doing course readings and and get feeling that feeling of like oh yes 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 this is so true so true can't wait to share this can't wait to share this and then I would catch myself in the very next moment thinking wait a minute why are you so excited by this are you mm. drinking the Kool-Aid right now? <laughs> you know? Um, what about X, Y, and Z? And sort of trying to force myself to read it through a more critical lens, I suppose. That's interesting. And that's exciting. That can be exciting. I think so, yeah. Because yeah. um, I think you've got more of a hold of it if you're seeing it from all of its different, you know, perspectives. So it's funny that we met because I think I was all, you know, Pom Pom's cheerleader. <laughs> yeah, tits and tea. <laughs> tits and tea. And, and um, I was
0: brooding in the corner. <laughs> yeah. And so I think that was perfect actually. Well, I think we're a good match for that reason. I I when we met I'd just come off of a PhD in religious studies, specifically looking at new religious movements and what I was calling corporate religion, which actually did encompass coaching a little bit. So looking at Ways that psychology can be used within corporate and commercial frameworks um, in a way that is ultimately kind of religious, getting getting everybody on board to have the same values, the same belief systems, looking for ways to find salvation, you know, in this life through, well, sometimes through things like coaching. Um, so because I because I just come out of that, I was very hypercritical. So and I needed to come down a little bit because you can get so theoretically based and so critical of things. You know, I definitely needed that balancing out. So we've come. I think we've come to a very interesting place now.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. It, yeah. I, I'm sure I've asked you this before, but what what led you to do the masters coaching?
0: Well, I decided I didn't want to be an academic. I th- I just wanted to keep studying that field, and there just really wasn't anything in it. If I wanted to go, if I wanted to become an academic in religious studies, I really had to be, and I love religion. I literally studied it for 15 years, particularly new religious movements. But the field that I was looking at was so on the edge i'm looking at things that are religious that everyone else goes hang on that's not religious what are you talking about mm-hmm. so for me it was how can i get involved in that and also how can i look at it practically the other thing is that i come from an education background so teaching i love working with people and i thought well maybe there is a way to get into this hmm. and to be honest when we start the course we're talking about is the masters of coaching psychology at Sydney University. And I went into it very cynically. I went into Mm. it with my critical glasses on. The the exact opposite to me. exact opposite (laughs) to you. And that perspective changed quite profoundly Uh during it. So Uh it was definitely a perspective shift, which was great because I really needed it. Because I definitely, um, people coming from... I and not just philosophy, but just in general, the arts, which I love. And I think it's really important, but you, we can get so hypercritical of everything that has anything to do with business. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to see both sides, you mm-hmm. know, and to remember that there is actually truth in everything.
1: Yeah. I think there was a moment when I realized, well, I think when you described what you had done previously in your study, where I think I paused and thought, wait a minute. So are you doing this course, <laughs> Because you're studying it from the viewpoint of thinking it it's a cult, <laughs> and I'm coming into this going, "Woohoo! I love it all! More, more! Give me more!" And I think, yeah, it was sort of like a, a moment of, "Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I, sh- maybe I shouldn't be so uncritical. I suppose of all of this. Mm. Um, maybe I should be looking at this more critically." Yeah. So it's
0: interesting. So that hmm. course for both of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a in meeting in, in the middle. Meeting almost. in the middle. Yeah, 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 exactly. Which was great. I
1: don't think I've realised that
0: before. So the field of coaching, and that's such a broad term, isn't it? I mean, there's life coaching, there's executive coaching, there's performance coaching. It's completely unregulated fields. Crystal coaching. Crystal <laughs> coaching. I'm sure there's sure. There is. <laughs> yoni coaching. Yeah. But. It, because it's so unregulated, it's not like it's not like psychology. Mm-hmm. Yet you can basically do a three day course and call yourself a coach. You can yeah. you can just call yourself a coach without having done any course at all. Yeah, that's why there is an awful lot of Kool Aid out there to drink because there's a lot of people who want to make a lot of money and there's a lot of people who just want to get in on something that they think is an easy way to cash yourself up or whatever. And that's always yeah. very dangerous. Yeah. Um. But at the heart of it, and this is what we would certainly learnt through our masters program. And that I know a lot of people who don't do that also know it. people who have been working in the field who haven't necessarily done postgrad work but have been seriously working in the field know that there is a lot of very good, important stuff in there, mm-hmm. right, in mm-hmm. terms of systems thinking and complexity and really um, useful models and theories like self-determination theory. We can talk about all of those a bit later. But there is stuff in there that is genuinely great mm-hmm. in terms of really helping
1: people there are some useful frameworks that help people to have to um you know match up what's happening for them internally with external mm. that's how i kind of look at it yeah yeah,
0: yeah absolutely so, I mean, it's born out of this whole um, humanistic psychology, which, you know, Abraham Maslow, where it's from, people like that, looking at why does psychology have to be all about pathology? Why does it all have to be negative? Actually, let's try and look at what's good about humans and how they can go from a, a base point. I mean, as we've gone through 20th century and life has become a lot more comfortable and we're not necessarily struggling so much we're finding a lot of a lot of people are thinking I don't necessarily need to fix something that's wrong with me but I just I would like things to be easier or better I want to communicate Mm -hmm. better I want to have better relationships and there's nothing wrong with that I think that's fantastic and getting people to work better together to work more cohesively to have less conflict to understand each other more Mm -hmm. Uh, if that's your motivation I think that Coaching is a fantastic framework. Mm. The problems arise when it's just about selling products, making money quickly, Mm-mm-mm. perform, perform,
1: perform, perform. Exactly. So it yeah. can even be
0: detrimental, right?
1: Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. How can I get even more out of you than I'm already getting? How can I get you to feel better about this work? That you're doing. That you're hating. Yeah, yeah. To make me more money. Yeah, I know. I'll offer you some coaching. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in the
0: workplace realm. Mm. And then outside of that, in the life coaching framework as well, for anybody Mm. who's not virtually sitting on the the front lawn of the new age movement will often hear the term life coaching and go, oh, great. Okay, so you've been reading some Oprah books. You know, there's that real... Tendency to see it as something that is so frou-frou and Mm. yeah you have to kind of take there's a spectrum that's right exactly you got to take the glasses off and see that some people definitely need that and it can be enormously helpful yes but then how how and why are you trying to help people is it just because you're trying to make a lot of money tits and teeth
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'll keep coming back to that i think we might have to call it that yeah.
0: yeah. Mel and I have a uh, business together and as part of that business, we have a blog. And that first one that we've re- we wrote mm-hmm. was about something that I think we could talk about today, which is the mindset. Yes. So that's something that you will hear a lot in, should we say, popular coaching discourse or even just... <sighs>
1: Even for, I just think it's everywhere. Now. It's kind of everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's become pretty ubiquitous now.
0: Self help. Yep. Very much self help stuff. Yeah. So I think that the reason we started to talk about mindset and the mindset switch and why that might be a problem was because you had some personal experience.
1: Yeah. I think that over the last couple of years, I've just heard it morph from being used a bit more specifically as fixed and growth mindset or fixed or growth mindset to just mindset, the word mindset. Mm hmm. And, um, yeah, I think this during this particular week I had just – I felt like it had reached saturation point mm-hmm. where uh, everything I was looking at on Facebook, everything I was looking at on, on Instagram, just social media was, you know, mindset, mindset, mindset and always coupled with the word change. Mm-hmm. Change your mindset mm-hmm. um, or that's just your mindset or I changed my mindset and then everything was better. And, yeah, I, think I was at the point of explosion because – I think personally I felt judged by it because in this one particular um, forum it was used as, well, physical exercise and it was, you know, well, you just need to change your mindset Mm -hmm. and then you'll be out there doing it. And I was actually injured at the time and Mm. thought, well, this has nothing to do with my mindset. (laughs) This is a physical injury yeah. which is stopping me from getting out there and mm-hmm. punching punching bag. Yeah, just I, I think, you know, I sent off this ranty text to a group of friends like, Oh, if I hit the word mindset coupled with change it one more time, I'm <laughs> gonna explode. Mm-hmm. And then had a rant with you about that and then yeah, it went from there, I suppose. I think it's one of those theories which actually has some good stuff in it but which unfortunately has entered the mainstream possibly with good beginnings but it's been diluted it's been and, and pe- it, I think it's been twisted in a way that has meant that, you know, it's not helpful. I don't think it's helpful for people anymore. Yeah, that's
0: interesting. So, what what do you think is the? I mean, you said that you were injured, and so you you just simply couldn't switch your mindset. And you could see that it needed a lot more complexity than that. As far as you're concerned, what could be the problem with telling people to change their mindset? I mean, doesn't it? Can people
1: just not listen? Yeah. Well, like I said, I think I felt I felt judged. And I, and I felt like less than. Um, and and that's someone who's done all of this work. You know, mm. everything that we did during the course, we had to do on ourselves first. Yeah. You know, so there's been a lot of self-work over the years. And if I feel like that and I've got a knowledge of fixed and growth mindset, how does somebody who hasn't had any exposure to it feel? And I just thought to myself, gosh, if I'm feeling judged, you know, that's what's the broader population feeling? Are they feeling like, oh my God, I need to, I need to hurry up and change my mindset? How do I do that? How quickly can I do it? Where's the manual? Where's the switch? <laughs> yeah, where's the switch?
0: Where's the manual? That's it. Uh, and how let's come face she it. can do it and
1: I can't do it? That's it. That's um, it. You know, just. Yep.
0: That. That's the social media culture too, isn't it? Everyone's yeah. kind of promoting, Oh, I just switched my mindset and so yes. there's that general sense of
1: everyone else is and it's not me. Yes.
0: And let's face it, in the self help movement there is so it's so dripping with guilt and shame and a lot of people who will go seeking answers in books or online. Yeah. Uh, you know are often seeking answers because they're in a really dark place and mm-hmm. they don't they don't necessarily know what to do so we should maybe give a bit of background on what what mindset traditionally was mm. right? so it was carol dweck
1: yes mm-hmm. yeah doctor carol, carol dweck yeah yeah who okay i hope i get this right was an educator or had worked in the field of education so so her her theory about fixed and growth mindset was initially focused on children mm-hmm. And her, her research was about the fact that children seemed to fit into either these two categories. That's already problematic, <laughs> um, which was uh, fixed or growth mindset. So um, their approach to a problem or a task was um, either to do it and do that with an open mind and sort of, oh, I got that wrong, but what did I learn from that, as mm-hmm. opposed to I did that, I failed at it, I'm not good at that. I'm not going to do that again. And when I first came across this theory, there was a great story that was used to illustrate it, which was about this girl and she was a fantastic um, violinist and basically, you know, from a very, very early age was, was incredibly good at the violin. Went off to maybe the – what's the college in France? The, the, the music one mm. where really good musicians go? Yeah, no, that, something, something in New York. like that. That's in New York. Mm. Anyway, okay. one of those <laughs> – And suddenly, we're not a factual podcast. Let's just keep that clear. (laughs) We're a conversational. We should put a disclaimer. (laughs) Um, Went off to one of these schools where suddenly she was like just maybe a little bit out of her depth Mm -hmm. and had to actually front up for classes. Yeah, there was a little bit of a gap in the Mm -hmm. knowledge Mm -hmm. and. She'd never experienced this before Mm. because she'd always been really, really good. Yeah. Mm. Like didn't have to learn anything. Mm -hmm. Didn't actually have to learn anything because it was sort of coming naturally to Mm. her. So, so she's not turning up for class, you know, she's basically, you know, one step away from being thrown out because she is literally just not turning up. She gets a warning and, you know, it all unfolds. And finally she describes the fact that this has never happened to her before. She feels like an extreme failure simply because she doesn't already know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And so um, this story was used to illustrate a fixed mindset, which is my intelligence, my skills, my abilities are fixed. This I've, I've been given a certain level of those things. They're set. Mm. As opposed to growth, mm. which is I'm constantly learning. Any mm. mistakes I make mm. is just giving me more information to learn mm. and do better next time.
0: And there's so much validity in that as a concept. I mean, because if you look at the flip side of that, when you get the kids who consistently get Cs and Ds, and then they become fixed in that, well, this is what I am. I'm a C student Mm. and I'm a D student, so I'm not going to – rather trying harder because I am i be one of those a kids or whatever yes. right? and you say I mean our education system basically is set up to very much cultivate fixed mindsets but through all the grading and all the testing and all the nap plan and all the everything it's not teaching kids to learn for the sake of learning yeah. so I mean education is another podcast absolutely <laughs>
1: but I just I don't know I'm intrigued by uh, at what point did it move or morph from being a uh, study into fixed and growth mindset and how that affected mm-hmm. the, the education for for children mm-hmm. to change your mindset, mm-hmm.
0: you know. Well, it's, um, yeah, and I think it is simply a selling point. It's the language of selling coaching, but yeah, yeah. not even coaching, like what or exercise programs or whatever. It's it's also when you put the onus onto the onto the person, mm-hmm. then it's it's up to them. It's that yes. very sort of. For one of a better term, neoliberal perspective of pull yourself up by your bootstraps, very, very simplified, oversimplified up to you, you can do it, flick the switch. yeah, not looking at the vast complexity of the human condition, what's going on in somebody's life. Not only are they injured or not, but you know what kind of where are the strings being pulled in you know, is it family, is it yes. emotions, is it? gut bacteria i don't know like what is going on in somebody's system (laughs) Mm. to you know and that's where coaching comes in right that's Mm. where coaching can be great to be a good coaching that's right will not say flick your mind switch hit that goal high five you know it will go okay let's look at the system let's look at what's happening let's look at ways that you might be able to change your perspective yeah in order to see well and to not fear failure so much or to just Mm. do little experiments that's
1: right yeah Yeah. and i think that's what we talked about in our um in the blog was that like this this has some utility within the coaching space like you say in terms of um the way you can frame experiments um, to a coachee with that growth mindset um and it's really also about your learning approach yeah in fact i think that's that is a word that i think should be used instead of mindset what's your learning approach or what's your approach to this is it fixed is it growth is it open is it um experimental is it spacious you know oh, yeah. um and as opposed to change it That's change your mindset. mindset. and doesn't that really
0: come down to support because mm. the, it's fear right it's mm. fear that would, if you don't have that open growth mindset it's because you're afraid mm. and if to not be afraid you need somebody or a context around you to say it's okay, you can mm. fail. Mm. That's fine. Mm. Don't worry because yeah. you learn from it. What does failing mean anyway? That's fine, yep. you know. But if you're if you don't have any of that support and you're just told fix it, that's
1: terrifying. Yeah, and it and it it effectively puts you alone. It 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 separates you from the herd of people that have changed their mindset.
0: The imaginary
1: herd. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and it sort of puts you over there. And actually, in that same week that I had seen all of the mindset stuff, I saw a particular, a little a little video, and it was it was a sales based thing, and it was talking about a little bit talking about that that fear. And I know this can be tough, and you're putting yourself out there, and this kind of stuff. But and then again the word mindset came up and well, and, oh, you've just got to change your mindset. Mm-hmm. And there are a bunch of ways of doing that and good luck with that. <laughs> and that was the end of the video. <laughs> and I that one in particular left me mm. enraged because mm. I just thought, wait a minute, mm-hmm. you've just laid a bunch of blame on people and mm-hmm. said, I know this is hard, I know this is really tough, I know there's a lot of fear in this. So go fix that. Mm. Good luck. Mm. And what were no they selling? Context around it. Do you remember? Um, you don't want to say like
0: not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But it's common, right? Yeah. It's a very, very common phrase. So, Yeah, yeah. it is. It is. I, I suspect that a lot of people would find it problematic, but they wouldn't necessarily have the time or the space or the need to think about why it's problematic. But I think it doesn't sit well with a lot of people. Mm. It feels too... I don't know. It feels too easy. It feels like you're trying, we're trying to make manifest this thing. Like I'm visualizing a switch. Yep. You know what I mean? Which can't possibly exist. So I guess that's a problem of when you ever, when you try and describe a thing that is ultimately a whole bunch of ideas, like mindset, it is a lot more complex than that. I wish you could flick a switch.
1: That'd make life much easier, wouldn't it? But, um, maybe, you know, you can't. So, how can we rebrand it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like your idea, but I mean, not, which one?
0: Not to sell it, but to um, utilize it in mm-hmm. a way that is a little bit more helpful to people in general to talk about your learning style. I think that's a really great idea to yeah. be able to sit down with people and not to say, what's your mindset? Mm-hmm. How are we going to learn from this? Mm-hmm. What's, what's the approach going to be? Mm-hmm. Mm. Help people to dissect that so that they can see, Mm. so that we can see because we're all we all do that, right? I certainly go through periods of being a complete perfectionist and not wanting to Mm. fail at things, and it's just learning to be aware of that. Yeah, um,
1: I think. Well, I've actually got oh, look, I've got Carol Dweck's book, Mindset How You Can Fulfill Your Potential. (laughs) Where did you find that in your back pocket? Business, parenting, school, relationships. Mm -hmm. And I was just having a quick flick and there was uh, a little diagram at the back Mm -hmm. um, which has the, the fixed and growth mindsets and then how a fixed or a growth mindset would approach five things which were challenges, obstacles, effort, criticism and success of others. And then it just lists on on either the left side, which is the fixed mindset, or the right side, the growth mindset, what your approach to those five things will be. And you and I were saying at any one time or even on any given task, we could be zigzagging left and right across mm-hmm. a fixed and a growth mindset. Absolutely. Um, and there, I mean, even more stably there are parts of of
0: that growth mindset that I feel like I have all the time and mm-hmm. then parts of the fix that I feel
1: like I have all the time Which well. Which parts do you oh, think I, are <laughs> more, more growth and more fixed? For, for me? You.
0: Yeah. Uh, what about you? Let's talk about you first.
1: <laughs> <He's> so <laughs> <old, laughs> I'll flick back to you.
0: She just changes the mindset. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, do you want to read them out?
1: Yeah, okay, so fixed mindset it describes as intelligence is static so this is the belief that i was born with a certain level of intelligence that's it
0: well i or I know I was... that that's not true no. because i've definitely gone through periods of being reasonably smart and then incredibly stupid depending on yeah i mean there's so much research to show that intelligence like weight fluctuates yes. really quite dramatically based on who you're hanging out with. So you can hang out with people who are all very intelligent in one particular way and yes. that your intelligence will go up quite, you know, significantly. Mm. And then you can hang out with people <laughs> who are a little bit more
1: concerned with the less intelligent things in life. Yeah, that's true. Okay. It says, um oh my God, I need my glasses. Leads to a desire to look smart and therefore a tendency to avoid challenges. Get defensive or give up easily in the face of obstacles. See effort as fruitless or worse. Ignore useful negative feedback. That's in criticism. Feel threatened by the success of others. As a result, people with a fixed mindset may plateau early and achieve less than their full potential. Um, You can see how that plays out quite well against that example I was giving you about the violin player. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also a lot more explicit in children. You can see kids who really suffer with that stuff. But that's because their entire life, they're going to what is inherently work, their job being school. And every day they're being told, this is where you fit. Mm. This is who you are.
1: You're really good at blah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly growth mindset on the other hand intelligence can be developed leads to a desire to learn and therefore a tendency to embrace challenges persist in the face of obstacles see effort as the path to mastery learn from criticism uh, and find lessons and inspiration in the success of others Hmm. as a result they reach ever higher levels of achievement i think looks
0: there's a lot of truth in that and there's a lot of stuff in that that you can use mm. the problem again I think is that it's so context-based because so I can think of so many so many situations in which you would describe me as having a total growth mindset yes and then so many situations in when it's incredibly fixed and it depends so much on where you are in your life and who's supporting you or who's not supporting you who's dying who's sick who's healthy who's you know that we aren't we don't exist in a vacuum and that's very much um absolutely so it's a tool that i would definitely not throw out i wouldn't throw it you know the baby out with bathwater in that one and i would Mm. use it in coaching to an extent Mm. as long as for me it would be about looking at somebody's context mm-hmm. and how can you use that based on their context as yeah
1: well. and and i i absolutely agree with you and i think even unpacking a little bit about you know going back tell yeah. me a time when you you have embraced a challenge yes when you felt really out of your depth yeah but you embraced it anyway or yeah tell me about a time when you've truly listen to the feedback of somebody and what happened as a result of that. That's it, yes. Or tell me a time when you got some feedback and and the way it was given just, you know, meant that you didn't listen to it at all or, Mm -hmm. you know. I mean, I think even just this diagram, yes, it's problematic because it's, you know, it's binary. It's like you've either got fixed or growth. It's how you use it. Exactly. But Mm. I do like the fact that there are then these dimensions. Makes it Um, a bit more complex. There's a bit more depth Mm. there to it. Yeah. None of which is used when people say, change your mindset. Yes. Get
0: off the couch, Mm. change your mindset. So I think the takeaway then from that is to to be wary of hearing hearing the word. Mindset. Mm. To be wary. Not weary. I'm weary now. <sighs> I need a coffee. Yeah, be wary. Of of the term. Don't don't feel guilty if you can't flick the switch and change your mindset and go for a ten K run. You know, mm. life's more complex, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool.
0: Now if you have a particular word or concept or theory or something that keeps coming up for you if you're interested in this field and you think Think it might be problematic and you would like us to discuss it, you can email us at info at yes. space to think, S-P-A-C-E to the number, think.net. And we'd love to hear from you and we will talk about yes. things you would like us to discuss. Yes. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Kool-Aid. Yeah. Or
1: tips and teeth. Don't drink that. Don't drink the Kool-Aid.